All right, what's up, everybody? This is Marcus. Yeah. I'm Nick. And welcome to another episode <laughs> of Big Bang Wrestling Podcast. That was disgusting, by the way. But this is going to be our new format. Sorry about that. Now, due to us not being able to meet with each other every week, now we decided to try to go the virtual route and do this over Zoom. And plus, of like now yep. me having COVID is not really a good idea to try to do this in person. <laughs> now, I don't want to spread the love of COVID. And don't worry. Everybody's okay. Everybody look as good to hear, man. Um, got a lot lined up for this week, you know, with the fallout from NXT War Games to everything, but not really much of anything happening on WWE programming this week. No, just to, another week. You know, Sting, he joined AEW. He spoke for the first time this week. Then we also lost two great performers and actors in their own right, and Pat Patterson and uh, Zeus, Mr. Luster. Yeah, Tiny Luster. Tiny Luster, you know, yeah, we lost two great guys in them. Yeah, so... It's been a somewhat eventful week, even with you no know, New Japan the build-up for Ring of Honor Final Battle, the build-up for TLC. It's been a pretty decent week. Um, yeah, more going on in ring this week than outside of the ring. So, Yeah, you know, it's been a little bit going on outside the ring too, though. You know, first thing I do want to bring up, you remember a few weeks ago, it was like a couple episodes we were talking about all those charges being brought up against uh, Del Rio, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, it was about a month ago. And all of them all of a sudden yeah, got dropped. That. Yeah, that whole thing. That, that's just ridiculous. <clears throat> yeah, that's they, crazy. No, they said no, those claims you know, made against him in that case were similar to the ones expressed by Paige. Yeah, I mean, pretty much everything she said is what this other woman said, too. Pretty it, much, it, you know. Pretty much the same thing. You know, then the girl, the, the woman that accused Del Rio in Mexico or Texas, however, I mean, you know, she even made a short statement after she dropped the charges saying that she hoped her mistakes didn't cause any harm or damages to the family. And after that, Del Rio's brother also issued a statement calling her a liar. So, <laughs> But, uh, well, you know, she just put out this random short little statement basically just saying oh well yeah i may have made all this up and i'm sorry and then went away you know yeah but Which, why is this coming first of all that, well well here's the thing first of all that's horseshit we all we all know it you know i guarantee you because you know del rio comes from a very famous family in mexico his dad and his uncle are two of the most important luchadors of all time. You know, so I guarantee you that woman got a visit from somebody and was told you take it back or or something's going to happen, you know. Yeah, because she seemed pretty adamant about what she was saying <clears throat> you know, when it happened. Yeah, and just to have those charges dropped all of a sudden, it just it seems odd. Yeah. But even though they are and two of the most famous luchadors in Mexico, do you think they're really that influential to that extent? Oh, definitely. Mil Mascaras and Dos Caras, that they are 
first of all, Mil Moscaris is uh, one of the three main luchadors of all time. It's El Santo, Blue Demon, and Mil Moscaris. That's Del Rio's uncle. And, you know, Del Rio's dad, Dos Caris, was just like just the one step below, you know. Yeah. He, he was still top guy, but he wasn't the top, you know. Yeah, they're all pretty but, top guys in their respective generation. Yeah. yeah, and they've been that, and they were doing this in, you know, the 70s, late 60s, all the way up, you know. <clears throat> so, and in Mexico, there's a lot of bad things going on. Oh, yeah, always. You know, there, there's, and I really do believe they're connected like that. That's that's interesting. You know, I was. Why? What other reason would she have to just randomly just drop charges like that? Oh, maybe just they the way she did. I, <laughs> I mean, you said they got. The, you said they got the influence, maybe, and it appears. Well, so, yeah, yeah. She might have. She might have got paid, but that that payment didn't come for nothing. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah. Either way, she something persuaded her to drop those charges. Either way. <laughs> Whether it was by threat or by yeah. money. Yeah, exactly. You know, and one thing I do want to hit on that we kind of skipped over was from last week, you know, something that we wanted to report last week was the passing of Pat Patterson. Yeah. You know, he passed away at age 79 due to cancer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, he was the first ever intercontinental champion in WWE and also the first ever openly gay wrestler in the industry. So he really trailblazed. Yeah. I mean, he was path for a lot of people. He, he was the first, major, he was the first major star that was, you know, like you said, it was openly gay. It was just really interesting considering the time that he wrestled in, you know, you, would, yeah. and especially in that time, you, you would have thought somebody like that would have never made it like he did. Yeah. I know they kind of like sixties and, you know, now, I know they kind of brushed it off though at that time because they never they didn't think much of it. They just kind of brushed it off. They made jokes about it, but they didn't really take that seriously well, until what was it 2014? Well, and the thing is, at a Legends House. Well, the thing is, he never he, he never talked about it. He, yeah, he never brought it up. He never he didn't hide it, but he didn't talk about it either. It, you know what I'm saying? If somebody yeah, asked him if he was gay, he'd say yeah, he did. Yeah, I'm gay, but he wouldn't just go around, you know, and like flaunting that. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't that type of person. Uh, he so, was still a great performer, you know, gay or straight. But, whatever, let, you know. but you were talking about, you know, that when he when he came out that Legends House episode, um, that was the first time he had ever actually like said it like in an interview or on camera or anything yeah. like that. So yeah, that that's who was there in that, that episode. That's what that was. About. Do you remember who was there when What's he that? said that? Do you remember who was there when he said it in that episode? Well, yeah, it was the Legends House thing. I think it was like Piper and Hillbilly Jim, yeah. you know. I think it was like a lot Jimmy of old Hart. guys. Like, uh, yeah, Jimmy Hart, Mean Gene was there. Yeah, Tony Atlas. That's who it was, Tony Atlas. It's Tony Atlas. That's who it was. I don't know why I was thinking Virgil. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. Don't say it. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, also another one of his accolades you know, that he accomplished was he was you know, one half of 
the best tag teams to ever come out of you no know, wrestling in that time frame of Ray Stevens. Yeah, and that was uh that was back in the sixties. They were uh they wrestled in San Francisco. You know, that was all territory stuff. But uh yeah, Pat Patterson and Ray Stevens, they were the blonde bombers. Blonde bombers. And um they were so good that the promoter of that territory, Roy Shire, actually told them they had to tone it down because they were putting on matches so good that nobody else would be able to follow them. You know, Jeez. You know he was telling them, Yo, you guys, you're killing me because I can't do anything else to match you. <laughs> well, if they're good, let them, I mean, do, let them do what they do. You know, and the crazy thing about it is, like, there's no known video footage, nothing. There's no known anything of that time period of them wrestling. Really? Yeah, there's no known tapes, photos, nothing, hardly anything. I'm going to have to try and do some yeah. data on that because you would think there'd be something somewhere. But, but, you know, back, but back then, they didn't film everything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's true. It's not like it's not like it is today, where everything's filmed. There, there's always photos, something. Yeah, true, true. You know, back, you know, back then, people ain't carrying them um, cell phones around with the cameras and everything. Yeah. Well, also, you got to think in the '60s, TV still wasn't a huge thing yet. It was getting there, but it wasn't yeah. there yet. Yeah, you're you right. Know. Yeah, but also, like from aside from what he did in the ring, yeah, he was oh, also he, responsible. He was for a lot of stuff outside of the ring and backstage as well. Yeah, he was one of the best minds ever. Just his ideas, the way, and then, you know, laying out matches, the gimmick matches, everything, you know, he's just, his mind for wrestling was one of the best. Yeah, he came up with one of the match concepts that's still very popular today with the Royal Rumble. And that's actually coming up right around the corner. Yeah, it was just a few weeks. Yeah, Royal Rumble's coming up. He is credited for that idea. Yeah, and hmm. without him, without his backstage mind and genius, we w- probably wouldn't have had guys such as The Rock. There's a lot of guys. Who are some of the others that he yeah. helped influence? Um, I know he helped influence a lot of the like guys coming up today. Well... Going all the way back, you know, like when Undertaker first became Undertaker, he helped, you know, get him ready for it. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know, stuff like that. He was the one that got The Rock into the training center and got him training to be to be a wrestler. You know, Pat was the one that got him in, you know. Wasn't his dad or grandfather? Well, no, his dad, I mean, yeah, obviously his dad helped him, but Pat was the one that got him to the WWE. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. You know, because Pat Pat knew who he was when he was a little kid, you know. Yeah. And in some of the best matches, though, that have happened in WWE, Pat was the one that helped lay those out, like those Undertaker-Shawn matches from WrestleMania. You know, yeah. Pat helped them, you know, Pat helped them put those together. The first Hell in a Cell match, you know, Undertaker and Shawn Michaels, you know, Pat, it was, there's, you can, I mean, you can honestly say uh, a good portion of the best matches in WWE in the last 30 years, Pat had something to do with it in some way. He kind of pushed the envelope there in a sense 
on coming up with new match gimmicks, match types, and creating new stars and yeah. just putting on great matches overall. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's funny because the first time I ever remember seeing Pat Patterson was like in 98 when him and Gerald Briscoe were the Stooges for McMahon. That shit was hilarious. I vaguely they would just go out there and get beat up by, but yeah, they would just go out and get beat up by Stone Cold every night. I, I vaguely remember that. It was hilarious. Yeah, I remember. Like, I I would you know used to go online and they would always come yeah. up in the clips you know that came up yeah. on YouTube yeah. and whatnot. Yeah, that stuff was great. Yeah, so that's definitely you know going to change the way WWE carries out. From here on out, you know, they just lost one of the greatest minds. So they're going to be kind of yeah. a little different for a little while. Uh, yeah, considering that now we get Bruce Pritchard and yeah, and a lot of people are getting frustrated with them, too, from what I hear, because they're not getting TV time. Bruce Pritchard is the biggest Vince McMahon ass kisser ever. I've heard. So whatever Vince tells him, that's, that's what, what that's he's going to do. So that's why these people are frustrated with him because he won't, he's not there for them. He's there for Vince. Yeah. You know, that's why they're frustrated. Pat was there for everybody. You know, Pat was there for the wrestlers. He was there for the, for the guys, you know? Yeah. It's going to be hard to really find anybody else that's really there for him like that. No, Paul Heyman was, and you saw what happened to Paul Heyman. Well, and, you know, even guys like Arn Anderson, that was another one that was, you know, a very big backstage, you know, person for, for the wrestlers. And what happened to you him? Know, he helped him. Yeah, I mean, well, he's in another company. So that, that tells you how, you know, he was treated by it the seems, boss. It seems like there's a trend with what we just said, right? Basically, if you're not a Vince McMahon yep. ass kisser, you're going to stay in WWE or have that high-profile role. And the only person that got away with not being an ass kisser was Pat Patterson. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's the only one I can think of that got away with, you know. Paul Heyman, they busted his role down. You know, they just made oh, yeah, an on-screen yeah, character. And yeah. he still helps well, produce some matches and gimmicks and all, but. Well, look what they did to Eric Bischoff last year. They hired him for three months, and then they fired him again. <laughs> yeah, they canned him. Yeah, which I thought that was hilarious. They literally hired him just so they could fire him. <laughs> Final nail in the coffin to WCW. Yeah. Uh, some other things that's kind of changing the landscape in wrestling, though. You know, we're kind of starting to see different promotions working together now. And just like it was announced, what, last week? Yeah, there's now a partnership between Impact Wrestling and AEW. You know what? Just kind of looking at both of their rosters, right? Could you see any type of dream matches coming out of this or matches that people would really want to see? The only one that really popped into my head right away was Good Brothers and FTR. Yeah, that's one that came to my head too. Uh, that was really the only big one. I can see a guy like Eddie Edwards yeah. um, really benefiting from it, uh, working with another roster. You know, Eddie Edwards is one of the better guys they have in Impact, yeah. so I, I, I can see him benefiting from it. But 
you know, there the obvious ones would be like Rich Swan and Omega because that would be champion versus Rich champion. Rich Swan would be pretty. You know, that would be. But but you know what I'm saying? That would be world champion versus world champion. Yeah. Yeah, Swan versus Omega. Like, what about Eric one, Young? That's like an obvious. What about Eric uh, Young having a match with anybody? I've never really been a big fan of Eric Young. I, I don't, don't really, but I, and I don't really see anybody there that he would really work well with anyway. Hmm. You don't think he'd work well with like Chris Jericho or or Cody? Or- maybe, maybe if he worked with you know Cody or Dustin or Darby, you know, Dar- may, that may that could probably work. Eddie Kingston. Those that are some matches would, I'd like to see. I mean, I got, and that's well. Eddie Kingston is another one I was going to mention because he's another guy that could benefit from having multiple people to work with. Yeah, you know, because I could actually Eddie Kingston and Edwards, Eddie Edwards and Eddie Kingston actually yeah. wouldn't be a bad match. Yeah, it's like I wonder how long is this going to last? This partnership is this going to be like we, a- you know. It seems very one-sided to me, though, because it seems to me like Impact just got in with the billionaire company, and you know what I mean? Like, I just feel like it's benefiting TNA more to kind of... I'm sorry, well, Impact, because that- they're, they're getting the viewers because, you know, Impact beat NXT last week in the ratings. Yeah, but that's what All I'm, because they announced Kenny Omega was going to be on Impact. Well, that's what I'm getting at. Impact yeah. gains more out of it because now they're associated with a billionaire, you know, company, a billionaire product. So they, they stand to benefit from it more. Cause that's another, I can see AEW benefiting from it a little bit, like just for having just different options for, well, they would have different people to work with, but that's, here's another, thing. that's about it. But, but here's another thing also for the longest time, everybody has been talking about AEW and new Japan working together. And they're still talking about it. Well, there's a few things that I don't see that happening anytime soon. Is that one, because the elite fucked over New Japan when they left and started AEW because New Japan was going to use the elite to be the ones heading their American expansion. But the elite decided, oh, well, we're just going to go start our own company, but use the exact same plan that y'all were going to use for us. So that was one thing. Hmm. So when they you pretty say much the elite. Who all is involved with that? Just Kenny, the Young Bucks, and Cody. But here's a funny thing, though. We say Cody, but I also heard before AEW got Cody, they wanted to use CM Punk. They did, but Punk doesn't want to do anything. Yeah, he doesn't want nothing to do. He said it'd take an insane amount of money. There's a lot of people that AEW tried to get. They tried to get Punk. They tried to get Jim Cornette. They tried to get um, Jim Cornette, you know, Bischoff, all kind of different people. It's a good thing they didn't get Cornette. Well, <laughs> they probably would have learned something with Cornette. But anyway, uh, eh, it's debatable. You're a young fan. You don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so... So we both kind of agree that Impact would benefit more from this partnership. The way I look at it, and this is because how just how I feel about both companies, to me it's just like, okay, well, nobody else will work with us, so we'll just work with each other. Mm-hmm. You know, because back to the AEW New Japan thing, 
New Japan does not need AEW. No. New Japan is already established. Yeah, they're New doing, Japan, uh, doing their own thing. In in two the, years. The only thing New they are Japan. struggling with, the only thing New Japan is struggling with is that expansion over into America. Well they're not really gaining yeah, any traction with that. It's I wouldn't necessarily call it a struggle. More as they're only because they're only doing small things here or there. They're not it they're not it's not like they're going and touring all across, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's nothing like that. It's and it hasn't been. It's always been they would do a a couple of shows in a major market, you know, New York, San Francisco, LA, you know, right. places like that. They they would go there for like a week, but then they'd be right back to their normal stuff, you know. So yes, it's not it's it's not a huge thing, you know, because if you look at the numbers from like the new beginning tour this year, they were doing shows in America but for like seven hundred people. So they got this now, I still want to stay on subject with Impact and AEW, right? You know, we can talk about New Japan because there are some questions I want to ask about that U.S. expansion. D- eventually, like, do you maybe see one of these two companies buying out the other in this partnership? Well, you know, it's funny. You know how many people have tried to buy Impact and it's never happened or how many people have tried to kill Impact, and it's never happened. All the way back when it was TNA, every when it when there was the global uh, the global force wrestling yeah. expansion, all that. You I know, mean, they kind of kill themselves though. They have, but they just won't die. <laughs> so, who's the guy that bought it this time? Who was is uh, Billy Anthem? Uh, it was a, a lead singer of a band, I thought. Well, Billy Corgan was from the Smashing Pumpkins. That's, wasn't yep, that's who it was. Yep. But he actually went, he decided, he said, nah, screw Impact, and he went and bought the NWA. What? Yeah, he's been run, He's been the owner and running NWA for over, for actually for a few years now. Okay, so I'm behind on that. So, yeah. So who bought Impact? Yeah, it just, yeah, it just says Anthem Media Group, so they're the ones who own that now. <clears throat> yeah, you know, but also, like, I don't, I don't see AEW really buying them out, though. No, I think AEW really is no gonna point. be one of these companies that kind of raises their their level, like Impact's level up. Yeah, because they're competing pretty well with WWE's product that they put in front of them. You know what I mean? WWE put yeah. NXT in you know, to challenge AEW, and they're losing. And I feel like. Yeah, they're trying to raise impact up to that level to where they can compete too. But well, and you know, and here's the thing, you know, that NXT and AEW thing—that's really not even a competition, because NXT was never meant to be on TV like that. You know what I'm saying? That show, it, the the show wasn't meant to be what no, they're trying to make it be. And but why do you think they put it on the same exact night and time slot as AEW? Because keep in mind, they didn't announce Vince. their move to USA until AEW announced their time. And it's, it's just Vince being Vince. Vince has always done that. The Royal Rumble was a response to Dusty Rhodes' uh, um, like super bunkhouse stampede. Bunkhouse Stampede was Dusty Rhodes' creation, and it's similar to the Royal Rumble, but 
the WWE and Pat created the Royal Rumble as a response to that mm. and aired it the same the Bunkass Theater. So they've always done stuff like that. You know, WrestleMania was a counter program to Starcade. Yeah, I remember talking about that a few weeks ago. Yeah. No, I'm I'm sorry. Survivor Series was the counter program to Starcade. WrestleMania was the response. Well, because NWA was like, well, we're going to do a super show, Starcade. And then WWE is like, oh, well, we're going to do one too, WrestleMania. You know? Yeah. So Vince has always done that. Well, out of this Impact AEW partnership, do you think we'll eventually see an invasion angle? I mean, I think we're seeing the start of it. I think that's what this whole thing is right now, is they're going to start some kind of cross-promotion you know, thing like that. I think that'd be pretty neat, though. It was like, remember when WCW and ECW had that invasion yeah. of the WWF? But that so ended up being a total flop, though. Uh it had as high and as low, low times. Because they built it up and then they just fell flat on their face. And there's only been a handful of angles like that that have actually worked the way they wanted them to. Historically, it hasn't really been a big uh, success, you know. Yeah, like I know we kind of have the expectation set pretty low for these two companies to pull that off. Do you think there's any possibility with the rosters that they have between both companies that they could pull it off? I think well, they could. I think they could. If they did it right, they could play it off. And it'd be highly successful. The, the thing is, each company, and I think you can agree with me here, collectively only has a handful of like really like top guys. You don't think some of their like mid mid tier guys or mid card guys th- could benefit from this and elevate? Well, no, well, no, 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 no. They could, they could, but but I mean, in it being successful, you know, from a fan standpoint, like I said, when you put them all together, both companies, there's only a handful of guys that are really like, you know, top top guys. You know what well, I'm saying? Yeah. Between the two. That that's what I'm getting at, you know. From from a fan standpoint, the success it could really bomb, you know. Not saying that it will, but it could. Yeah. Uh, but there are, but but there are a lot of guys that could benefit from it because they could get fresh matchups. They could get fresh, you know. They might get time they weren't. They might get TV time they weren't getting before. Right. Let me ask you something else that just I just happened to think about, right? And I don't know why I didn't think about this. AEW's partnership with NWA. Do you think yeah. their partnership with Impact can be a similar thing, or is it going to be a little more in-depth? Well, the thing with NWA... Because the NWA more Women's or less Champion is on AEW. Right, but a lot... Well, and Brian Pillman Jr. and a lot of other... Uh, guys that were on NWA or have been on there, but a lot of that was more of giving them a place to work until the NWA came back. And actually the NWA just came back. Actually this week was their second episode since they returned. So, Hmm. so like a lot of it was just letting those guys work basically is what a lot of that was. I think something good can come out of it, but I really don't know the, a lot of Impact's roster. I don't watch Impact because it's 
Like we like you called it, wrestling purgatory. Yeah. It's the promotion that won't die. <laughs> but I have started recording it, so starting next week, I'm going to start watching it. And another promotion that I just started hearing about in recent weeks that I actually got set to record on TV is Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, that, that used to be an NWA show, actually. Well, I got that recording, so I'm actually going to start watching that, too. I think it comes on, like, yeah. Saturdays, I think. Yeah, they've had some they've had some decent stuff in the last few James years. James Storm was on there not too long ago. Yeah. yeah, there's they've had some decent stuff here and there. So, so that's not a bad that's that's a pretty decent little show. I'm gonna start checking that out as well. Speaking of impact and AEW, like kind of got a partnership going on. What about what do you think about yeah. Triple H saying that he's willing to work with other promotions? Triple H has been wanting to work with other promotions for and years. Actually, I can read you the exact quote that he used, right? Yeah. He said yeah. that on it says, you know, they're open to for business in a lot of ways and a lot of things. It just depends on what they are and if they're beneficial to us in the long term yeah like i said triple h for years pretty much ever since triple h got into the role of nxt he's been looking to work with other companies and there's been there's been hints of that all over you know with like the cruiserweight classic yeah um you know the may young tournament you know all these different things that they've done in the last probably five years or so mainly they pulled in guys from new japan to come wrestle right well well yeah the cruiserweight classic had kota abushi and zach saber jr Uh in it and not just them they were they had guys from mexico and puerto rico and all these different you know places so they're in i mean they even got jushin liger to do an nxt match you know to take over Mm-hmm. But so it, it's been there ever since Triple H has been, you know, running that. Um, you know, as, like me and you were talking the other day, there was that whole thing about the Japan expansion. Yeah, about him possibly do, either working with right. or buying all Japan pro wrestling. Right. That was a rumor that I had that I had seen and heard a lot was um. They wanted to uh, do an NXT Japan and kind of yep. have all and have like all Japan be the feeder for it. There's guys in all Japan that would have greatly benefited from that because they would have gotten a wider audience. Guys like Joe Doring, Suwama, you know, the some of the top guys, you know, a guy like Joe Doring could have been a could be a huge star he's a six foot six 290 pound you know cowboy do you ever see speaking of japanese promotions in wwe do you ever see them working with new japan i don't think one with new japan would ever happen um new japan and wwe you actually used to work together a lot like back in the late 70s early 80s andre the giant would go work in japan and you know stan hansen Billy Graham, some of these older names like that, you know, worked with both companies a lot and at the same time. Um, But at this point, I don't think the current status of both companies, I don't see that partnership happening as much, but I could definitely see them partnering with All Japan or even NOAA, you know, a company. That's that's what I forgot about was NOAA. And 
and I've showed you some of the Noah stuff, the, the Noah stuff really is closer to the American style. Yeah, you know, from the clips that, that you showed me, I saw that. A lot of what you see in Noah is very similar to what you would see in in like NXT, you know. Um, I could see that happen for New Japan. But in, in New Japan already has a lot of partnerships as it stands, you know, they're partnered with Ring of Honor, they're partnered with, with um, CMLL in Mexico. They're partnered with Revolution Pro in the UK. Oh, I didn't know they're partnered with them. So I can't really think of anything else that happened outside of the ring this week. Can you? Anything worth mentioning this week? What do you? I, I just want to know what are your thoughts on this? You know, with Triple H and working with other companies and stuff. You know, what do you? What do you think about that? I mean, I think it'd be beneficial because right now all we're seeing is. <sighs> I'm not even going to say it's Triple H. I'm going to say it's Vince. Vince is pushing the same guys every week. He week is. in, week out. We're tired he of seeing the same guys. It's nice seeing them you know, compete, do their thing, but I want to see some new faces. I want to see some new guys get pushed, kind of like what Paul Heyman was doing. That's yeah. what I want to see. I think a partnership with New Japan would help expand, would help with that expansion for New Japan into the U.S. It could. But it could also yeah. raise – you know, whether it be Raw or SmackDown, who really needs it, it could raise their ratings right. up. And see, and then th the big issue with that is that Vince wouldn't want, I just have a strong feeling that Vince would not want to have any of his guys lose. Oh, yeah. But in order for that to work, both sides are going to have to lose. You know, oh, yeah, eventually somebody's gonna have to lose for, for it to work. Both sides are gonna have to job to the other for oh, it yeah. to work. You know, I don't see none of these partnerships hap happening now until after no. Vince McMahon's company. No, and it won't, it won't happen until McMahon's gone. It, it won't. And, and I hope that Triple H is the one that gets to take over because he is the one that has the right mind to bring WWE back into a good direction and build it back up, you know. If he doesn't take it over, who do you think is going to run it? It would have to go to Shane or Stephanie, wouldn't it? That's the only other two options, but I think either one of them, if either one of them two get it, Triple H is going to have his hand in it. More so he would. He would, but the thing with that is I really feel like he would have more input if Shane took over than he would if Stephanie took over. Mm, maybe. As, Stephanie is Stephanie is a lot like Vince in a lot of ways. So I know like Shane, he likes trying new ideas. One thing I liked, right? He remember does, when and Raw, he does. You remember when uh, Raw Underground first started? One of his latest things, right? right? At first it yeah. wasn't horrible. You know, the first week and, or two wasn't bad. After that, you know, that's when WWE well, Vince kind of started dipping his hand into it and making changes. Yeah, yeah. At, at the very at the very beginning, you could tell that was Shane. That was Shane's idea because it's a little edgier in a sense. It was, you know, it it was different. It wasn't the same thing that we've been getting for the last however many years. You know, yeah. They tried to do something different, and. I think if they would have let it run for a little bit, I think it could have been something, you know. You know, if they would have let it mature, you know what I'm saying? And then all the guys that were on there and they're being really kind of pushed, 
they put on the main roster and now send him back to the performance center. Yeah, and why is not Jack back in the and what's his name? The big tall guy that's with um AJ Styles. Oh, they're sitting there. What yeah, does he got to go back to the performance center for? He doesn't do anything. He's 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 done nothing but stand outside the ring since. What we've is seen he him. working on? He hasn't shown. You know, and that's a guy. It seems to me. Well, it seems to well, yeah, because he's well, he's like what seven foot tall, something like that. Yeah. But it it seems to me like what they're doing is similar to what they did with Shawn Michaels and Diesel back in the day when Diesel was brought in to be Shawn's bodyguard. And for the longest time, Diesel, Kevin Nash. uh, Yeah. But for the longest time, the only time you saw Diesel is that he was the one outside the ring during Shawn's matches. But he was doing, you know, he would pull a guy out of the ring and beat him up and throw him back in when Sean wasn't, you know, like while Sean would distract the referee, you know, they were doing stuff like that. This guy hasn't done anything. This guy has not done anything to establish himself. Nothing to just kind of caught AJ Styles he, a few times here and pulled AJ Styles. Out hey, he's just, time. all we've got from this guy is um, AJ Styles knows my name and I'm standing outside the ring. Pretty much. What, what kills me though um, with that whole pe- sending people back to the, you know, developmental. Why the fuck is Keith Lee getting sent back but fucking Nia Jax? <laughs> Not a fucking thing has been done about her murdering fucking people left and right. Literally murdering people <laughs> left and right. You know, if this if this was you know if this was real fight, Nia Jax would be the fucking queen bitch undefeated because <laughs> she's been killing people. You know, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if this was if this was real fight, Nia Jax was is unbeatable. You know? Right? Yeah. Here's the funny thing: like we saw that list. You now we discussed it a few weeks ago. That whole list yeah. of people that Nia has hurt, and she still gets pushed on TV every week. Because she's the Rock's cousin. Damn. That's the only thing that I can. What's that? So I wish I was related to Rocky. You know, I buy my way. Yeah, we wouldn't be. (laughs) You'd have a Brahma bull belt too to go with that smoking skull. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, one thing I forgot to mention. One thing I forgot to mention before you know, we continue on to the in-ring news, right? To the in-ring portion of our um, show is Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch had their baby. Uh, their baby, Roe. How do you pronounce this name? I'm is saying it Roe. Ro. That's what I'm saying. That's is how- it Roe or is it Rue? But what- might be Rue. I don't. I don't know because well, like if because if it was Roe, wouldn't it have like an A and an E in it? I don't know. Um, I haven't heard any pronunciations of the name yet. From I don't now. know. So we'll say rude it's just because it but, sounds. But, I'm, little, but I'm it looks like one. that's how it sounds. <laughs> so we'll go with rude. But either way, rude was born but, uh, on December seventh. So you know, congratulations yep. to them on a beautiful baby boy. Yep, their 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 first child. Now on to the in ring portion of the show. Let's talk about the fallout from NXT War Games, right? The big stuff. Now, I ain't gonna yeah. cover everything that happened because they ain't all worth talking about. No, we'll, just, we'll hit the main points and you know, um, 
Johnny Gargano, he uh, won the North American title back. Which I blows my mind because it should be Damian Priest with that belt. But And you know who the two uh, the ghost face people ended up being? Wasn't one of them Austin Theory? Austin Theory, yep. And the other one was um, because he because he's been gone for like a month off TV. Something like yeah, he was gone for a while after that time. He said he quit. You know, he ain't really been back until. Yeah, he cut that promo about how he quit, and then now he's fucking Ghostface. <laughs> Ghostface, yeah. I don't have any. I don't have any problems with Leon Ruff. I don't have any problems with Johnny Gargano, but. This shouldn't be going on, or at least not with Priest involved. Yeah. Well, you know, we just saw this past week on NXT, Karrion Cross came out and attacked Priest. And that's a match that I think could be pretty good. I don't think it's the right time yeah. for it to be happening. Too, too big. No, build it up. Build it up. Definitely. But, that's a match I should wait. Know, too big guy. That's a match that should wait and no, that's really a happen match. and only happen. When Karrion Cross wins the NXT title back. Well, no, yeah, no, it should be for it should be for a title or at least the title involved. Because my thing know. is, I know they had Scarlett come out yeah. and kind of do her segment with Finn Balor, but why didn't? Well, Cross Balor... already has a claim to the title anyway because he didn't actually lose it; he just right. got hurt. So why didn't he you know, continue a program with Finn Balor instead of attacking Priest? Yeah, that doesn't make a whole lot That's of sense. That's one thing I could not but, get. That's going to be a good yeah, badge. That, and you're right. That, it, doesn't, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, though. But that being said, you know, with Priest and Cross, you, you know, they're two big guys. But, you know, Priest is very athletic for his size. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, some of the stuff he does, you know, you know the strikes and everything. And, you know, he's very smooth. For a big guy. Yeah. And then Cross, you know, Cross is your big, you know, bruiser, you know, strong guy, you know. Just likes to throw him around. As we saw with Tommaso Ciampa. Right. And that and that could Yeah. And that could work. That could be a very good match. They just need to build it up right. Yeah, definitely. You gotta have that right build. Not all matches are ones that, you know, you just put two guys together. And then put on a great match. Balor and Styles. Yeah, because I think the Fiend was out. It was sick. Balor and Styles. They had because um the original match, I forget who it was supposed to be, but they got injured or something like that, like yeah. a week before the match. Yeah. And they threw and them they decided, together. okay, well, fuck it, we're gonna. And it was a hell of a match. Oh, dude! I said that was one of those great matches and that you already know the history between those two, and they can just go out there and put on a clinic. Well, the the cool the cool thing about it was is that people that know because Finn Balor was the original leader of the Bullet Club. Yeah, and AJ Styles uh, was technically the second leader. If you really pay attention and you know what to look for in that match, they did a lot of things that hinted at that. Yeah, I saw that a few they were things. from that group. That they were, you know, and at the end of the match, well, at the end of the match, they gave each other the two sweet. Two sweet, you know. yeah. But there was little thing, but there was little things in the beginning and little things throughout that, if like I said, if you know what they are, you know what to look for, you'd pick up on that, you know. That's something I want to look at too. Like, want to want to talk about here in a couple of weeks is like the Bullet Club itself. How 
big as the Bullet Club, actually? What's the history behind it? That's something I, as we mentioned, the Bullet that Club. That can a be lot. a whole episode. That's that, what I'm that, saying. And that's something we that, we talk that can a lot be a about. Whole episode. <laughs> I think that's something we should cover because it could be. That goes all the way back to 2013. So the only other thing I thought that really stood out there from War Games, the women's match. I heard something about it. I heard it was decent, but the men's War Games match, no. Undisputed Era versus the Kings of NXT. <laughs> Team <So>. McAfee. <laughs> and they said McAfee was killing it. Yeah, and again, a non-wrestler is the one best of the best the company. people in wrestling. <laughs> you know, and it just, well, he, he, he did a moonsault off the cage. I saw that. That was impressive for a guy's only, what, second match? It's his second, yeah. And yeah. that, that that's impressive to me. But he's been tra- he's been training with Rip Rogers, who's a legendary you know wrestling trainer. Yeah, everything he's done, literally everything he's doing, is old school wrestling. Like his his character, you know everything, his promos, all that, and it's great. Is straight up. It's it, it's it's old school shit. It's all stuff that's being taught to him by an old school wrestler. You know, everything he's doing is directly from Rip Rogers. That's the guy that he learned from. Yeah, but. And it's great. I hope he sticks around for a little bit longer on NXT. I think he's going to be around for a little bit. So I just hope that's true. Because he's a great. Yeah, that that men's match. That match was almost an hour long. (laughs) I I heard. I heard it was like fifty minutes. It got a little, it got a little ridiculous and egregious there. Gee, uh, I saw some of the stuff they were at, doing was just like mind blowing. I, I gotta be honest though. At one point, I kind of just got like, okay, are they gonna be done yet? Is this over? <laughs> <laughs> at one point, I was just, I just, I'm not gonna lie. At one point, I just kind of checked out. I was like, all right. Can we somebody just somebody get a decision? Like, come on, right? There's some matches yeah. that can go on forever, and people will watch. And there's some matches that are just a little too long. Yeah, but I mean, undisputed era is now undefeated still in war games. Yeah, they, they've been in every single NXT war games, and they've won them all. Let's um let's talk about New Japan for a little bit, right? I know you got some interesting stuff from New Japan. Yeah, so uh, today was the finals of World Tag League and Best of the Super Junior tournaments. Um, And there was a couple uh, of line matches in there, too. A couple uh, that's going to set up the road to Tokyo Dome for Wrestle Kingdom. But uh, first... I'm I'm just going to cover a couple, you know, the top matches, but... Go ahead, do your thing. You know, the Empire... The Empire, Will Osprey, Jeff Cobb, and Great Khan. They had a six-man match against Toa Hanare, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Okada. They won. The Empire, they beat Okada, Tanahashi, and Hanare today. And then after the match, they they beat up Tanahashi and, you know, bashed his knees with a chair and Tanahashi has had a lot of knee trouble throughout his career. So right. yeah, they, they worked over pretty good. And you know, at Wrestle Kingdom, we're going to be getting Osprey versus Okada on the first night. <clears throat> but That's um, be a good match. That's what that, I want to tune in for to see. So, you know, the empire has really been establishing themselves here lately. Um, and with an addition of a guy like Jeff Cobb, that could turn out to be a, pretty damn good faction oh definitely for sure 
Yeah, because I saw Jeff Cobb and he wrestled on um, AEW for a little bit. And the man's impressive. Man's good. Yeah, he had that big one. guy. He had that one. Well, he's a former Olympian. You know, he was uh, he's an Olympic wrestler, right? Um, from Hawaii. Um, and I don't know if you've seen him recently, but he's uh, he's gotten into pretty damn good shape here in the last few months. And, uh, he he's he's looked like a beast ever since he uh, signed with New Japan. And uh, he uh, and tonight he challenged you know Shingo Takagi, the open weight champion, um, for his belt. And so it looks like we're gonna get that at Wrestle Kingdom. But, How many uh, titles has Jeff Cobb won? Uh, he's been. I know he's he's actually held that open weight title before. Oh, he has. Okay. Yeah, he uh, won that uh, last year. He's, I believe he's been Ring of Honor TV champion. Cobb was actually Lucha Underground champion. Um, he wrestled in Lucha Underground as a, as a, under a gimmick, uh, Matanza Cueto. He was like a mute, like brute, just masked wrestler, you know. And just going there and like throw people around type deal. Yeah, he just didn't. He and um, his manager was his storyline brother. Okay. So it was like he was like his handler, you know, he kind of like Paul Bear and Kane almost. Kind of like, like um, Armando Estrada and Umaga. Right. It, yeah, exactly. Matanza was the monster. Dario was the handler. He was the talker. You know, it was yeah. a lot like. And he, he he held that title. So, well, so now, but like I said, today was the final. So, we had the uh, World Tag League final. Uh, Gorillas of Destiny finally won the World Tag League after four years of trying. You told me about that today. You told me about that earlier. Uh, yeah, there was a little bit of history in that because they faced Finn Juice, uh, Juice Robinson, David Finley. Right. Um, those two actually won the World Tag League last year. And not too long after that, they beat Gorillas of Destiny for the tag team titles. Um, and that started a feud between the two. And actually earlier, and that was earlier this year, that they beat G.O.D. Uh, but a month later, G.O.D. in a rematch got a controversial win because they cheated to win win the belts back. Because COVID happening and everything, Finn Juice never got their rematch. So Finn Juice... Uh, everything after going through the tournament, it ended up being that the finals was God and Finjuice. Well, again tonight, God cheated again to beat Finjuice because a fellow Bullet Club member Kenta uh, came out of nowhere and cracked Juice Robinson over the head with his U.S. title briefcase. Juice uh, with the super power bomb and got the got the pin. But that was a pretty and good they're, match. They're, it was. It was a. It was. It was. It was pretty. It was very back and forth, and because those two have a history, it was, it was a little stiff. <laughs> you know. Well, <laughs> I plan on trying to catch some of the new Ring of Honor as it comes out. You know, I plan on starting to watch some of that stuff. Now, then, um, what about the Super J Cup? Well, that's tomorrow. That's tomorrow. That starts tomorrow. The Super J Cup is going to be a one-night, eight-man single elimination tournament. I think I'm going to try to catch that for real. Tomorrow, I think so I'm going to try to catch it. That's going to be on tomorrow night. Because there's but, a lot of people on that I have heard of that I yeah, do want to see. There's, I'm eager to see Leo Rush. A lot of the guys that have appeared on Strong have been um, Ring of Honor, Impact, you know, yeah. places like that. They've, you know, they've been sharing talent. 
you know, to get get a lot of these shows out. But tomorrow, like I said, that's the Super Jacob. But tonight was also the final of the Best of Super Junior, Desperado and Takahashi. Uh, Takahashi won and actually issued a challenge to whoever wins the Super Jacob. He he said, you know, I want to face the winner, and whoever wins, we should get to face the junior champion. Makes sense. Yeah, makes perfect so, sense. Right, because you're you got two junior, you got two tournaments right here on top of each other. Yeah, you know, one in Japan, one in America. Why not let the two winners face each other? Whoever wins gets that title shot. That'd be great. Yeah, we saw this uh, last week, or not last week. At um, winner is coming. That Kenny Omega beat John Moxley in controversial in controversial fashion for the AEW yeah. title. With the help of Don Callis. Who do you think is going to be the next one to challenge Omega for the title next? They're probably going to work that hangman angle that they've been teasing. Um, he's kind of doing his thing, kind of somewhat. Well, uh, you know, ever since, but I mean, ever since him and Omega were a tag team, they kept teasing uh, a rivalry between the two, you know. Yeah, they. I got. I just have a feeling that's probably what they're going to try to go for. I don't see anybody else. You know, guys, I would like to see face for the title. They have done nothing to build them up. That's what I'm saying. You know, a guy like Lance Archer. D- yeah, they've done nothing to build him up, but that could be a great. You know. You know, you got the big man, little man. You know, match. I wouldn't mind seeing a rematch between Omega and Pack. Right, and that that could be that could be good because Pac is really fucking good, and Pac knows what the fuck he's doing. Pac could that that could be great. I, I don't see who else. You know, I like Eddie Kingston, but I don't think Omega to be right for because he just Kingston just had a title match. Right, that I don't think Omega would be able to really um, to do Eddie's style. You, you, you see what I'm? You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I don't see. I'm trying to run it the roster in my head, right? Yeah, I don't see what there really is, what direction there is to go, really, other than Hangman, like you said. And it's because, like I said, the guys that it should be, they've done nothing to put them in that spot. Because who have they who have they pushed lately? That's the thing they really haven't. So they've been letting Darby Allen do his thing as as the TNT champion. You know, um, yeah, it's way too early for Darby to oh, have yeah. be in a world title picture. But but you got like I said, you got guys like Lance Archer, Brian Cage. Yeah, look um, at faces though, because Kenny's a heel. Yeah, he's a. Like one of those, he's not one of those. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just putting names out. Yeah. Right? I mean, what about Dustin? I was get, actually getting, I was actually just getting ready to say Dustin could have a good match with anybody. I think you that's know, one D- to look D- forward to. Dustin could, could make Omega have a pro wrestling match. It could be great, you know, but again, they haven't built Dustin up as a credible threat to anything. The only thing Dustin has done in AEW is that match with Cody. He's done a few things, I mean, but nothing really worth mentioning. 
Well, that's what I'm saying. The only thing that meant anything was that match with Cody. The main thing I've been seeing them trying to build is the tag team. Everything's revolving and, around tag teams. And that's another thing that I don't understand because, to me, that entire tag team division, everybody looks the same. Well, no, what I'm saying is outside of FTR, everybody seems to have the same style. That high-flying. The spot fest, the move after move. Outside of FTR and like butcher and blade everybody else does the same thing butcher and blade is somebody i'd like to see get a tag man see butcher and blade i think they could be great but they're not being used right yeah you got um devon butcher and blade top flight yeah they're gonna be good yeah they could they can be that's they They are building them up and this is not surprising to me they're building them up i can't I can't stand the best friends. There you I, go. Let me rephrase associated with Orange Cassidy. No, no, you don't let me finish. I like Trent. I've always liked Trent, but the other two can fuck off. How come you don't like Chucky e. T? I can't take anybody named Chucky e. T serious. Chuck Taylor. Yeah, fuck him. <laughs> you just rather see a rough beat Kenny Omega for the belt. You rather see Aubrey yeah. Edwards, Edwards win it. It would be the most entertaining thing they've ever done. Uh, so it's gonna be interesting you know in the next couple weeks to see who's gonna step up and challenge omega but also something to keep in mind with this partnership could it be somebody from impact right and and, well and that's one thing i was kind of thinking eddie edwards Uh, uh, omega and edwards would be a great match um, that was one of the things that, to me, who else, who else really would it be? They really don't have anybody like that. Nobody they've been pushing. Actually, I ain't gonna say they don't have nobody, but nobody they've been pushing. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, they there's there's some talent there, they but got they're a just not being of talent in AEW. Yeah, yeah, and they don't know what the fuck to do with any of it. I don't know. I think, I think they kind of got their attention kind of shit like focused in the wrong direction. Like they're focusing more on tag <laughs> teams. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't even say they're focused on the tag teams, but what you just said in general overall, they're focused on all the wrong shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see what happens here in the next couple weeks. And one thing I do like about it is Don Callis is because Don Callis, um, he's, you know, he's been around for shit. He's been around for thirty years, over thirty years, probably. You know, in in wrestling. Yeah. Um, but he's the guy that can be the mouthpiece that can really drive the the partnership, which and and he and he has been. He he's has done been a the great one. job. Yeah, and he has been the one that's been pushing it. And he has the talent and the ability to be that person because, and actually, if you really think about it, he's kind of in the Paul Heyman spot right now. I never looked at it like that until you just said it. And I can see the comparison now. Kind of like the ECW WWE thing. He's kind of like in the mid two thousands when they did like the one night stands and stuff, you know, he's kind of in that spot with Heyman, you know, I'm the guy, I'm the one pushing this, the smaller company to the bigger company, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And Don Callis can talk. He knows how to talk. He oh, knows. He, 
I heard him speak those two, um when he did, they did that kind of promo thing from the RV on Impact. Yeah. And then two nights ago mm-hmm. on AEW, the dude is great on the mic. Yeah. And and he and actually he knows how to wrestle too. He was I actually I saw something about that. Uh, he was that actually made me um, interested. He you know, he was he was very capable. Like he wasn't the best, but he wasn't shit either. You know, he knew he knew what to do. You know, he could almost like he could, Shane McMahon in a sense. Not necessarily because Don Callis was trained to be a pro wrestler. Okay. You know, Don he that's how he started, you know. So he knows the basics, the fundamentals, he knows how to have a pro wrestling match and he knows what it's supposed to be, you know what I'm saying? That and that and that's why he's been good in his spot because he knows what to do, he knows what to say. I'll give and so in, on that end, I don't see anybody better they could have being the one pushing it. Yeah, I think they made a good choice in having Don Callis kind of be at the forefront of it all. For a character like Omega, that kind of manager is perfect for him. Because he's a good talker. You know, he's one of those people. Kenny yeah. Omega can just come out there, stand, do his thing in the ring, but, and let Don Callis speak for him, kind of like Paul Heyman's doing for Roman Reigns. In a right. That, well, that, that's what I'm saying. Or like what Paul Heyman was doing for Brock Lesnar, actually. Right. Don Callis can do that. He can pull that off. I think we're going to see a lot of similarities. Now we got TLC coming up next mm-hmm. week. We got Drew versus AJ. That should be good. TLC match for the WWE title. I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't see how that can disappoint. As long as they let them do what they, what they know how to do, we'll be okay. Yeah. I think that it is going to be a good match. There's no, I don't see how that can disappoint unless, like you said, they don't let them do what they need to do. It should, I guess, it should the build be. Build for it's been pretty decent. It it should be good as long as they're allowed to do their thing. Yeah. You know, we got the Fiend versus Randy Orton to build for that has also been really, has been oddly entertaining. Okay, but how many times have we seen Wyatt versus Orton? I know, but I guess like with that Fiend character, it adds a different element, I guess, in a sense. But ever also, since that, also look at the, um, what Alexa Bliss is bringing to it as well. True, but I mean, what was that? What was that match they did? What was it that? Um, that movie match they did a couple years ago. Oh, the House of Horse. Yeah. Ever since then, I was like, I don't want to see that match anymore because they can't do it seriously. I think we might see something a little bit different. And I like both guys. I like Wyatt and I like Orton, but just based on the past things we've gotten, I'm not excited for that. You didn't see Raw this their match on Raw this past week, did you? Not that match, no. Dude, the way the match went, right? Bray Wyatt was wrestling as sweater vest Bray Wyatt, right? Yeah. Wrestling against yeah, Randy it's, Orton. It's Firehouse or Firefly Funhouse. Like. Dude, the match was good. I thought the match was pretty good. But oh, Randy, Orton, oh, Randy Orton hits an RKO on Bray Wyatt, right? Yeah. The lights go out. Mm-hmm. Now, Randy's going to cover him for the pin as the lights go out, right? Yeah. When the lights come back on, it's the fiend laying there. Mm-hmm. Getting pinned by Orton. 
Yeah. He reaches up, puts, uh, puts uh, Orton in the mandible claw, and that closes the show out. Okay. Dude, that was like, I thought that was excellent. Yeah. The way they did that. Like, that was just, it was crazy how mid match <clears throat> he went from Bray Wyatt to the Fiend like yeah. that. And he wasn't getting a toolbox bashed over his head like nah, Seth for once, yeah. <laughs> Like I was, I was, I was actually pretty entertained with that. Because like, how do you, that's pretty cool. How the fuck do you get disqualified in the hell of a cell match, dude? <laughs> I don't know if he got disqualified or if he was just like saying the fiend was no longer that, able to compete. I don't know. It read to me like a disqualification, but I'm like, dude, you just bash this guy in the head with a toolbox, <laughs> like, and I he's mean, still. Either way, that's when Seth's heel. Like his heat really started coming in, and that yeah, and that's true, and that's kind of off topic. I apologize. But. Yeah, but I still think if, uh, there's gonna be a match that it could be disappointing, but I don't see it happening. Not the way they got it going right now. I'm not excited for it. I am. I'm excited. For and it. I like both. I tell and you I like what, both guys. I tell you one. I'm not excited for, and would that's it be um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler versus Asuka and Lana. Lana's going to get hurt going through this next table. Well, here's the thing. Lana doesn't know what she's doing, so she might get hurt by Nia. Asuka knows what she's doing, but she's literally like a third of Nia's size, so she'll probably get hurt too. Somebody getting hurt in that match. Yeah. You, know what, you know what I find hilarious, though? It's Nia and Shayna, Right. Right. Think about the con. Think about the contrast here. Shayna can make it look like she's murdering you, and she never even hurts you. Nia murders you for real. <laughs> yeah, you're right on that. Yeah, you definitely. Yeah, right. think about it. Shayna, Shayna, Shayna's stuff looks like she's just ripping you apart, but she's not hurting them one bit. Shayna gets it. Nia doesn't. Yeah, Shayna was a trained fighter. Yeah, and, that, and that's what I was getting ready to say. Shayna actually knows how to hurt how people. to uh, rip you apart for real, but she sure. still does. Have you ever heard? Have you ever heard of Shayna hurting anybody? No, not at all. And she knows how to for real. But here's here's my question about this match, right? Why is the women's yeah. title not being defended in any way, shape, or form? Because it's WWE, and they just do the scatterbrain booking all the time. That's one thing I don't understand. If she's got the women's title, do something with it. I believe all titles well, should be defended within a one-month period. Well, you know something that aggravates me? And this this event is a good example of it. Is gimmick match pay-per-views. Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. Money in the Bank pay-per-view. TLC pay-per-view. You know... Like right here, we have two world title matches and they're both TLC matches. That's just like that's like way too much. You I remember when they started doing TLC matches, it was a one off match for a crazy feud between the Hardys and the Dudley Boys, and then Edge and Christian ended up being in it too. Or and it was all Cena and Edge. But I'm saying this is it was a one off thing. Yeah. It was something they came up with because these people are in such a feud that we need to put them in a match that defines that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Whereas 
all these gimmick pay-per-views. Like I said, I mean, damn near every pay-per-view they have is a gimmick pay-per-view. Yeah, and it's like it's it's all kind of forced instead of letting it build. Right. The, ma- right. the match build the gimmick. The right. gimmick's kind of right. building the match. Like like Hell in a Cell. The idea of the Hell in a Cell and is, is that these two people are in such a, a nasty feud that they have to be locked inside of a structure and fight to the finish. Like the last major one that I can remember where it really had a good build was Triple H and Batista. That was a good one because Triple H was like his mentor in a way. Mm-hmm. And Batista, you know, he was the young up-and-comer. Uh, Triple H was the established star, you know. Who else was in one, like, later years? Um, uh, which match are you talking about? Like, there, there was another Hell in a Cell match that came up years later. I want to say it was, like, Cena and Orton. Cena and Orton have faced each other in every kind of match possible, so... I can't remember if that was at like the Hell in a Cell pay per view or did it just lead to that? It probably was just a random pay per view thing, but well, it's like these these TLC matches. You know, these are just TLC matches for the sake of the pay per view. Me personally, I feel like McIntyre and AJ Styles would be a much better match if it was just a straight up match. Oh, definitely. Because my thing is too, like like we're looking at um. So let's look at McIntyre and AJ Styles. What have they, what have they done that really led to a TLC match? Right, that's the same. They're not in a blood feud. You know, and same thing with you know the next match. You know, for the Universal Title. You know, Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns. Yeah, they got they an only... intense rivalry going on, but it just started. Yeah, there's nothing that really led to that. It, you know, a TLC match needs to be the finish of a feud, not the first fucking match. Yeah. But I think the still either way the build for this Roman Reigns Kevin Owens match, as always Roman's you know, he's doing his thing. Yeah. You no, know, but the build for it has been all right. Sasha Banks and Carmella we thought was happening at the pay per view, but for some reason happened tonight on SmackDown, and ended yeah. in disqualification. So they might still continue on with that match and make it like some type of. Yeah. No DQ, whether it be a tables match or something like that. Uh, that rivalry, their their promo they cut on SmackDown tonight was probably the worst thing I've ever seen. And you say Shaq and Brandy Rhodes was bad? That promo between uh, Sasha and Carmella was, dude. I had I had to skip it. I I could not watch it. Like it was. Awful. It felt like they're like trying to memorize the script. Well, it's it's Carmella. I mean, I don't think that that she I she has literally done nothing that I can think of or that I even like. But there's one match that should be a, some type of new combination of tables, ladders, chairs, TLC, whatever. There is one match that should be one of those stipulations, and it isn't. Yeah. And that's the tag title match between the New Day and the Hurt Business. I mean, have they been feuding like that, though? I'd say they have. They've been feuding for a minute. Yeah, I mean, I, I know they've been feuding, but, I mean, has it really been, like, heated like that? It's getting to that point. I think... If any match, instead of Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens, it should be that match because that's the match that has been having a little more time to kind of build up 
to that gimmick, right. you know. But either way, whether it be any type of stipulation or just a you know, two on two tag team match, it's still gonna be a match worth watching. Yeah. So that's actually what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, do you want to go ahead and make predictions for TLC for next weekend? I mean, it's going to be Drew and Roman. I don't see, even though I think Styles is the best guy in that entire company, I don't see him winning that match because he hasn't been in anything. And, you know, they haven't had him in really in a major role lately. Yeah, they they haven't. I think they're going to have more of him – no, doing stuff on the mid card scene. So I'm gonna say Drew's gonna win that too. Yeah. You know, you got Fiend and Randy Orton. I see you no know, Bray Wyatt winning that. Well, here's the thing. Wyatt needs the win, but WWE always screws him whenever he needs the win. So that's true. And it's Randy Orton. So Yeah. Who's your pick? It's gonna be Orton. And that's and that's the thing that kills me. Orton would put Wyatt over no problem, but they events they, let him. But they don't let him. Yeah, Orton I'm would gonna, do. I'm it. gonna say Bray Wyatt's gonna win it. I would be surprised if he did. You, know, you got Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler versus Oscar and Lana. Nia well, and Shayna's gonna win it. <laughs> depends on how the other women want to cooperate with Nia, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Or that or Nia's on deck them, lay them all out. Yeah. But I'm going to say Nia and Shayna for that one. Roman and Kevin is going to be Roman all day. Yeah. Sasha and Carmella is going to be Sasha. Mm-hmm. You know, the New Day and the Hurt Business, I'm actually going to go with the Hurt Business. I think they should win. They should, and that's why I'm going to say that. But they said that's going to be – other than, you know – Kevin and Roman, Drew and AJ, that's the match I want to see. Yeah. And Fiend and Orton. I, best, I basically named every match except for the women's match. <laughs> <laughs> you know, then we got another pay-per-view coming up soon, too. December 18th. next weekend, too. Yeah, next, next Friday, actually, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, next Friday, Ring of Honor Final Battle. Yep, that's their biggest show of the year. Oh, is it? Yep, that's their that's their biggest biggest pay per view is final battle. Uh, we're going. I'm gonna watch it next weekend. I'm definitely gonna watch it. Um, on the uh, they're doing like a little pre show, like they're doing they're doing the uh, it's the first hour of the show they're offering for free on multiple platforms. Okay. Um, and actually, that four corner match for the chance at the TV title. That's going to be on there, and I be- and then that pure rules tag match is going to be on there. If I'm not, that's going to be interesting because I've never heard of a pu- I never watched a pure rules match, so I'm interested to see that. It's it's based on the old school, like the way, like real old school rules of wrestling. Yeah, I remember you telling me, you know, with the rope breaks and things like that. Yeah, and, I, and I'll be honest, I've never seen a pure rules tag match, so that should be interesting. Definitely, you know, like. That first match you're talking about, that four corner four corner survival match, yeah. was Tony Deppen, LSG, Josh Woods, and Dak Draper. I don't know any of them. I'm really going to be watching to see who stands out in that match to me. You know. Yep. yep. You know we got Brad Yehi and Wheeler yep. Yuta versus the Foundation and Tracy and, uh, Williams and Rhett Titus. That's that pure rules tag match we're talking about. Now, 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 Tracy Williams, he's a veteran of the pure rules. Yeah. 
Um, he's he's done a lot of pure matches, and I don't and and I'm I'm sure you've seen some Tracy Williams. I've heard of him. If I've seen him or not, I don't know. Uh, he's pretty good. He's he he reminds me a lot of like a Kyle O'Reilly type guy. Okay. Um, you know he's really good, and Rhett Titus is solid. And uh, I like Wheeler Yuta. He's he's a young guy, and he's got the fire, you know. Yeah. So that but that should be interesting because I've never seen a tag match under pure rules. So I'm gonna, I'm definitely gonna be watching this. You know, the one match I want to see, and the main reason I'm gonna buy this pay per view. Oh yeah, we got that EC3 and Jay Briscoe. Yeah, match. I posted the promo that Jay Briscoe that you sent me, the one that Jay Briscoe yeah. called. I posted that on the Facebook page today. And Twitter and Instagram, uh, no, not Instagram, but Twitter and Facebook. Yeah, and that's gonna be a match I want to see just because I like EC3. Yeah, well, I like I like underutilized in WWE. I like both guys. Briscoes, uh, they got that. You no, know, they got that history. They're veterans of the sport. You know, see, a lot of people don't realize that the Briscoes, their shit, they've been around twenty years. You know, yeah, they've been around a long time. A lot of people don't realize that Jay Briscoe's former two-time world champion. You know, him and his brother Mark have won, shit, I think, every damn tag team title you can win but the WWE tag team titles. Uh, they feuded with Gorillas of Destiny. They feuded with, you know, the foundation. They've they feuded with every major tag team you can think of that's not a WWE team. Yeah. So I was scrolling through YouTube. And I was looking through some of their matches, and I saw that they feuded with a lot mm. of big teams. Just about anybody you can think of, they've faced them. And yeah. and EC3, you know, he's he's still young in the business. He's been around for a little bit, but he's still young in it. He doesn't have the experience that Jay's got. Yeah, that's gonna be. Uh, that's the reason that's, I'm buying this because I want to see that match. And that should be interesting. Well, you know, Jay Briscoe got himself eliminated when they had that TV match. EC3 got into his head. I remember. Him, yeah, you told me about that. Mad, and he made 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 Jay disqualify himself. And you told me about so, that. Yeah, then we got Brian Johnson versus Danhausen. Dan. No, and the, the stipulation for that is if Danhausen wins, he'll get a Ring of Honor contract. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> we'll see how that goes. We got the Mexico Squad versus Shane Taylor Promotions. Yep. Yeah, that's a yep. six man tag for the six man tag team titles. Yep, and that's uh, Bandito, Flamita, and and Ray Horace. Yep. Uh, Ray Horace is actually also going to be in the Super J Cup tomorrow, too. That's where I've seen that name before. Yep. I've seen that name on that poster. Yep, he's in the tournament. So, And then Shane Taylor, he's he's a good guy. He's a good hand. He's always been solid. So that should be a, that should be an interesting little match there. The only one I've heard of was Shane Taylor. I ain't heard of none of these others. Except for the poster, I saw Ray Horse. Yeah, I saw Ray. I saw Ray. I was like Ray Mysterio. Oh, that's Ray Horse. Yeah, no. <laughs> but either way, is we'll see how that goes. Then we got yeah, the OGK. You know, we got Matt Taven and Mike Bennett. Yeah. Yep. Versus the Righteous Vincent and Bateman in a tag match. You know, the only one I know I've heard of Matt Taven, and I know who Mike Bennett is. Yeah, that's for people who don't know. That's Mike Canellis. Yeah, it, Bennett's his real name, but you know Matt Taven. He's a solid guy. He's good. He's been around for a while. Mike um, Bennett. He's solid too. Yep, the righteous. Um, 
Vincent, he's good. He's he's a very unique style, very unique look. Um, and they've had a they've had a solid solid team going. That's gonna be a good match to see, just from the names that are in it. Then we got uh, Jonathan Gresham versus Flip Gordon for the Ring of Honor Peer Championship. The yep. will Jonathan Gresham be able to defend his title? Well, and uh, well, Gresham's defending both of his titles. He's going to be defending both of his titles that night. What's the other one he's defending? Well, him and uh, Jay Lethal, the foundation tag titles. Tag champions. Yeah, tag titles. They're going up against Mark Briscoe and PCO. PCO, yeah. <clears throat> you know, and for those who don't know, PCO is a more than 30-year veteran. He's been around for a long time. Um, he looks like it, too. <laughs> Yeah, hey, he may he may look rough, but that dude can still go. That guy still does moon salts off the top rope. He's still doing. He's oh yeah, talking. he does. He does cannonballs outside the ring. You know, oh, he, he this dude he uh, God superpower bombed him out of the ring into the floor last year. <laughs> it like launch. I mean, like launched him. Yeah, and he ate. He he ate that. <laughs> Uh, I guess he had no option. <laughs> I mean, well, I told you about what Walter did to him. So, yeah. I mean, it, but that's going to be great because Mark Briscoe is a Mark Briscoe is a tough scrapper guy like that too. So that should be interesting. Uh, tough in your face type style. And not only that, they got a bit of a size advantage on the foundation too. I'm actually I'm strangely interested to see that match. I I I'm actually very interested in Jonathan Gresham period for this event because he's defending both belts. Mhm. And I and I'm a fan of Jay Lethal. Yeah. So and I I hear a lot of good things about him. You know, in PCO, he's old school veteran, you know. So there's a lot of different parts to that match that could make that really, really good, a really fun match. Uh, what about the um, world title match that night? Rush defending his title against Brody King. Yeah, Roosh and Brody King. That's that's going to be really good. I know you're uh, you're not really familiar with either guy, are you? No. So Brody King's a big badass, six foot six, six foot seven, just ass kicker. Yeah, it's this big, mean, nasty bastard. And Roosh, you know, he's uh, he's from Mexico. You know, he comes from the Lucha Libre. He worked in CMLL for a long time. His brother, Dragon Lee, has been Ring of Honor TV champion multiple times. He's been IWGP Junior champion in Japan many times. So they've, they've both accomplished a lot. They're both – and Roosh has been a good champion. He's done. He actually beat PCO to win that title. But that's going to be an interesting match because that's going to be, you know, your big man versus your little man. That's going to that's your brawler versus your high flyer type, you know. Yeah. That's going to be. I'm I'm excited to see that, you know, because Brody King, he doesn't look like he'll be as good as he is, but he's solid. You know, it's going to be an interesting show to see overall. You know, so we talked about, you know, everything going on outside the ring. We talked about what happened in the ring this week to an extent. We talked about the pay-per-views coming up next weekend. Next week is going to be a packed weekend. Oh, yeah. For wrestling. Yep, a lot going on. Um, Now, let's talk about what happened this week. 
in your opinion, from what you saw, what do you think was the best match of the week? That Super Junior Junior Final with Desperado and Takahashi, that was – they built that up from start to finish, you know. They told a they, story. Yeah, yeah, and that was well, – and, and you saw the you saw the fallout. You saw what happened. To Desperado, you know, yeah. Desperado being unmasked for the first time. And, yep. Um, and actually he – he finished the match unmasked. Oh, really? That, that happened partway th- through it. Yeah, that was the last 10 minutes or so of the match. He finished unmasked like that. But uh, Takahashi has been the star of the junior division in New Japan for the last couple of years. But Desperado, who's been around for a while, had kind of fallen off a bit. I mean, kind of gone a little flat, a little stale, you know? Oh, well, yeah. And, uh, but since this tournament came about, he's had a, he's he's been on fire. He's kind of had like he's a resurgence just, almost. Yeah, he just kind of had that kick in the ass, you know. And they had just had a great – they told a great story. They had a back-and-forth match, you know, the thing with the mask, which is very important for, yeah, you know, in, in wrestling. You know, that's a pretty significant moment. Oh, yeah, and, that's a significant moment for really almost any masked wrestler. Yeah. And then on top of that, Takahashi's throwing out that challenge to whoever wins tomorrow in the Super J Cup. And, and just everything, just everything about it, just to me, I felt that was the best this week. What about you? I'm gonna say me for like the best match is almost kind of a tie. Like it's hard yeah. to choose, right? Between I'm gonna say on Raw, you know, we had Cedric Alexander versus Kofi. <laughs> Right, you know, which just, just on paper, that alone is, you know. You know, we saw where Kofi had just beat Shelton Benjamin in a match. Cedric yeah. was showing his frustration and challenged Kofi to a match. Kofi accepted, and they had a good back-and-forth match. And ultimately saw Cedric Alexander get the win with the lumbar check. Right. Great match. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but another you know, great match I thought was almost kind of tied, and I know your opinion's going to differ, and that's going to be the main event off of AEW this week, uh, MJF versus Orange Cassidy. I already see the look on your face. I was, I'm, I'm, I, you go ahead. I just say thought what you got to say. Entertaining, and the way they kind of built it up, you know, especially with having you know the whole inner circle out by the ringside, and then best friends, you know, they realized they were outnumbered. They went back. You know, to the backstage area and came out with more guys. Yeah. You know, and that even, you know, MJF got the win ultimately. But, you know, that set up for a great uh, seven on seven tag match for next week. <laughs> seven on seven tag match. Jesus. I mean, that's a lot of people, but I've seen worse. Like, yeah. uh, remember Randy Orton and John Cena versus the entire Raw roster? Yeah, and that match actually happened 20 years before that when it was Hulk Hogan and, and fucking Randy Savage versus every goddamn heel in the world in WCW. <laughs> I mean... like It was like in 95, it was a triple cage match. It was Hogan and Randy Savage against the world. Like, <laughs> But I thought those were the best yeah. matches like that I saw this week. I can tell you what the worst one I saw was... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that Go was you no know, that tag match between it was Otis and Chad Gable 
Yeah. Versus Shinsuke and Cesaro tonight on SmackDown. Right. It was it was awful. I thought and <laughs> nothing really special about it. Yeah. I we mean, already know what your worst match was. <laughs> Tell us about how you loved MJF and Orange. Actually, that wasn't my worst match. I mean, no, fuck Orange Cassidy, but that wasn't my worst match. Really? Yeah. What was your worst match? Wasn't there a... Um, <clears throat> I'm trying to remember. Just going to have to be fucking... It was from AEW, and it wasn't. It was this week. It wasn't the Cassidy and fucking MJF match, and I can't remember who the fuck was in the match. That's how. That's how ridiculous it was. <laughs> Jeez, one of the ones you yeah, try to forget. What's that? One of the ones you try to forget. Yeah. Was yeah, it Abaddon? I, yeah, actually, yes, yes. That's actually who it was. <laughs> yes, that you're 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 fucking great. <laughs> First of all, we've already established there's a good, like, what, 10, 12-year gap in our wrestling fandom. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I saw Daphne in the 90s, and she did it way better than what Abaddon does. First of all. Second of all, where the fuck does she fit in that show? <laughs> oh, she's definitely a unique character. Unique doesn't mean good, though. <laughs> it only it means good. Different. It only means different. And uh, like I said, I saw Daphne 20 years ago, and she did it better. Jeez. I can't remember who the girl was that she wrestled. Exactly. I couldn't even remember the bitch's name. <laughs> but, yeah, there's nothing really. I like when Hikaru Shida came out, though, afterwards. That was okay. Look, I she like Hikaru Shida. Well, Shida's good. She knows she's good. I don't. I I like Sheeta. I've never had a problem with Sheeta. But can you really take Abaddon versus Sheeta seriously? Let's just see how they deal with it. That's one of them things. I just I got to see how they do with it. You know. I just the things I know from this company. It worries me. We're going to see how it goes. AEW, they, when they do things good, they do them great. And then when they blow it, they, they blow them. Yeah, the, well, the problem is it seems like they're blowing it way more than they're, you know. Yeah, I ain't going to say all that. So now we come to that time to where we give our pick for our classic match of the week. So I'm going to let you start this week. So my pick... And this was in honor of Pat Patterson, and I actually posted this match to the page already. Um, it's one of Pat Patterson's greatest matches. It's the match that made Sergeant Slaughter, um, and it's probably by far Pat's most famous match, but it's the 1981 alley fight from Madison Square Garden, Pat Patterson versus Sergeant Slaughter. Um WWE at that time and really now, um, you wouldn't see blood really. You would or a lot yeah. of blood, you know. And back then in the early eighties, WWE style was still cartoonish compared to NWA or you know, Japan or you know, other AWA, um 
other territories in you know in right. the US. Um, but that match, you know, if nobody's ever seen it, you should definitely check it out because and it's it's not like today's street fights where it's just weapon after weapon after what you know all this stuff. Yeah. We we got to go through forty tables and all this. They didn't use any weapons in this match. They were beating each other up with their belts, their boots, their hands, you know. You know, Pat Patterson was walking around in one cowboy boot at the end of the match because he was hit because <laughs> he was bashing slaughter in the forehead with the heel of the boot, you know. You know he, or he pulled his belt off at one point and started whipping him across the back with you know, but it's but it was just a bare bones, it was just come as you are and last man standing wins, you know. Yeah. And it, it that's the match that made Sergeant Slaughter. It was you know, Pat was already about to be retired by that point anyway. So it was kind of like his last hoorah in a way, you right. know, um, just everything about it. it. It's, it's great. You know, it, it's, it's not, it's not over, it's not drawn out. It's not a, you know, you're not, when you're watching it, you're not wishing, okay, is it going to be over? You know, you're, it's one of those matches when you, when you turn it on, you're just on the edge of your seat because you're like, holy shit, these guys are like doing the something. stuff these know. guys were doing was just over the top for that time frame. Right. Right. And you didn't really see that. Some of the stuff they did was, it was kind of new and it was different for that time. Right. You couldn't ask for two better guys to do it. They definitely pushed the envelope in a sense for that time frame with that match. Yep. And you know what? And in the match that you picked for this slot this week, I feel like has a a similar um, meaning for its time period also. Yeah, because um, the match I chose for this week, it was actually the first time I saw an NXT match. Right. You know, and that was a... Uh, NXT TakeOver, Our Evolution, the NXT yep. title match where we saw Sami Zayn win his first NXT world title yep. from Adrian Neville. Yep. You know, and then later on, right after Sami Zayn wins that match, we see Kevin Owens, you know, making his, he just made his NXT debut that mm-hmm. night. Yeah. He comes out to congratulate Sami Zayn. And so, you know, he's powerbombing Sami Zayn onto the ring apron. Yep. Yeah, but the in ring action from that match alone, it was like it was like a back and forth type thing. I didn't know who was going to win. Oh yeah, you know Neville. Neville was a great NXT champion. Now they kind of they've been going at it for the belt for a while. Yeah, they this this was the end of the feud. This was it. This like the was, last match. Yeah, this was the culmination of the whole thing. You know. Zane's first title, Zane's first major title win, you know, you know, because, you know, Neville was going to the main roster. Yes. So this was his, this was his blow off. This was his go away. And I think they did it great. Yeah. You know, both, both guys, I've, I feel even in losing. Yeah. Um, Zane. Uh, his work, I, I I've always liked Zane, and I actually Definitely. like it. I like his heel work right now, just being the smart ass, you know. <laughs> but, if he could just stop being so whiny. Yeah, but back th- but at this point in time, Zane was the underdog. Yeah, that was his role. That was his story. The that underdog was from the other underground. Yep, you know he was the guy that just 
we all wanted to see him win. Yeah. And Neville, you know, the get you know for his size, he he really portrays himself larger than he really is, and that's and he does it perfectly. And now we see Neville, who's now Pack in AEW. He don't he don't got a little bit bigger. He don't put some muscle on. Well, he's bulked up, and you know what? He plays the mean, nasty bastard perfectly. Definitely. And. Yeah. And this match that you picked is a great showcase of both guys. It definitely is. You know, but one can only hope they can start using Sami Zayn in that capacity again. Even if it's for and a mid-card title and putting him as like a serious contender. Just, you know, let him work. Yeah, exactly. Let the man let do what he does. Yeah. You know, there's a let reason that WWE signed him. Yeah. Let him work. No, let him do what he got yeah. hired to do. Yep. That's with any of the guys, really. Well, and you know what? And it's funny you say that because that match with Neville kind of was a culmination of that for Zane. All the hard work he'd done. Yeah, everything, exactly. All, you know, just everything he had done and been through to that point, that was the culmination of his, of all that. And then had his best friend come out there to celebrate with him and it yep. ended with a spine to the <clears throat> ring apron. <laughs> Seems to be the way that goes anymore. <laughs> right. But anyways, guys, there you have it. You know, his pick was Pat Patterson versus Sergeant Slaughter and that alley fight from Madison Square Garden. And you said 1980, what, 1981? Yep, it was 1981. You know, and I picked Sami Zayn versus Adrian Neville for the NXT title, and that was in December 2014, I believe. Yep. In December 2014 yep. at All Revolution. Yep. You know, and that, that wraps up this week's episode. We're looking to be making some new changes. We're actually talking to some guests, so hopefully here in the near future we'll be able to talk more specifics yep. into wrestling and bringing on guests to the show. Yep. You know, but I'm yep, Marcus. Uh, me and Marcus. Oh, Go ahead, Nick. No, I was saying, I was saying, me and you both have. Uh, there's been a couple of uh, other podcasts, other shows that we've both been talking to, respectively. Um, I know the the one you mentioned to me today, you know, and I and like I told you before, the other group that I've been talking with, yeah. And yeah, one day I th I think we we'll, we we can uh we'll get some um some some joint shows out of it and uh. Well, definitely, you know, like you said, get some special guests, and or you know, one day I think, and this is one goal that me and Marcus had. We want to do a, you know, we want to have a show, do one show for everybody where it's all of us together. You know, the the shows. Yeah, definitely. And I think one thing we're going to start doing is we can either do pre pay per view shows or post pay per view. I'm thinking after pay per like pay per view reactions. Yeah. Yeah, reactions, preview and reactions, something like that. So starting next weekend, you know, post pay-per-view reactions the night of. Now yep. we break down the matches, run down what we thought was good, what we thought was bad, and then we'll have those posted no later than Monday. I'm thinking. <laughs> I don't know. I might start. I might start making that AEW thing a normal uh, a weekly reaction here. Oh, hell. <laughs> well, 
All right, guys, that wraps up tonight's episode. I'm Marcus. I'm Nick, and I'm going to bed. Bid you all a farewell (laughs) and a good night. (laughs) Bang!